Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Monday, Bears fans back in studio. Been a while since we've been in studio on a Monday. Feels good. Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, who's typing away. Nicholas Moriano, all with us today. Appreciate all the Bears fans being here, waiting as we have a special guest right off the top. He's out recruiting in the South, he's Florida co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach, Sean Spencer, who, of course, coached Jervon Dexter at Florida last season. Coach, thanks so much for pulling over for us and taking some time to talk about uh, a player that Bears fans are really excited about. Oh, thanks for having me, guys, and, and I appreciate you having me on the show, and and go big G. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, l- let's start right away with, I think the question that a lot of fans want to know, and it's something that Jervon Ger- actually talked to us about Friday uh, on the first day of mini camp, which was just the idea of responsibilities uh, of being asked to do one thing at Florida versus what maybe the bears are uh, going to ask him to do. And quite frankly, I think a lot of it just has to do with the college game versus the, the, the pro game a little bit as well. And you have experience in the pros. You were just with the giants before you went over to uh, Florida. Can you give us an idea, maybe clear some of that up? Maybe uh, the idea of how you use Jervon Dexter versus what the bears might want him to do. Well, there are some similarities um, in what we asked them to do in some of the fronts that we play. Uh, I think what they'll play there at the Bears is probably more suited for the, the way uh, G's game is. Um, you know, it's a more a little bit more up the field uh, type of front. And, uh, you know, it, it plays his athleticism a little bit more. Um, not that not that we did not have that, but certainly at that level, it's going to really he could really prosper with that type of uh, system. Coach, we all watch the tape, and it kind of jumps out at you like, whoa, he's slow to get off the ball, and then everyone's trying to figure out the reasoning for it, and, and people are saying, well, he'll get coached up that way with the Bears, but it's like they're not obviously not, not coaching him to get off the ball in Florida, but it's more a scheme. Can you explain like why, when you watch the tape, the way you guys had him go about his business, so to speak? Well, when he was in some of those inside techniques, um, <clears throat> we play it a little bit different. You know, um, it's more of a uh, 
react attack as opposed to when he's a three technique or a shade he's going to be more of an attack react type of style i think a lot of that's encompassed by the way the pro game is as opposed to college so in the in the, in the college game you know there's like 15 signalers <clears throat> you see that on tv you know there's there's boards there's who's the live sig signaler who's the dummy signaler and the pros you know the mic will walk up to him and go over stack 44 and then that's it he's got nothing to think about um you know i think you know obviously you guys saw that the, the issues with the get off and, and clearly you know that's not something that we coach him to go slow there um but you know the reaction time will just be a little bit different because he'll he'll know what, what, what's going on right away when he gets those those calls and they'll just line up and go um you know but you saw once he got to the point of attack you know there's like 15 to 20 plays, right, where I'm watching him, and I'm thinking if I'm still with the New York football giants, like I'm watching this guy and I'm saying, man, this dude's a first-round talent, right? So there's a disconnect between, you know, the application of what's going on on the field and really the playmaking ability. And I think that playing in that system with Chicago, he's he just, you know, he's going to ascend and it'll be a much better situation for him. So, Sean, you said, like, this is a guy that can be a first-round talent. You were with him for a season. What stands out about Jervon Dexter when you just watch him on the field, see him do his thing? What stands out about him? Unbelievable uh, power at the point of attack. You know, ability to press himself off blocks. And as you know, the, the, the players in the NFL, you know, consistently are better, especially in the interior. You know, playing guys like Zach Martin and those guys, you know, you better be ready to go. And um, his hands are very strong, strong at the point of attack. And, you know, his ability to play in short areas. So, like, he's playing three technique. He's playing shade. He's got to be able to make plays in really short quarters. And he has the ability to do that and really has sub-value as a pass rusher, right? So, he can he can uh, create the one-on-one -on -one matchup with the guard or the center, or if he's playing outside, you know, on the tackle or whatever, however they're going to use him, um, he could do that. You know, he's got pass rush ability. And really, when you look at a guy, when you start talking about a potential guy that's a first-round talent, he's got to be a three-down player, right? And this is who I think he is. And, you know, don't I, I tell you, man, you can't get real caught up in the first or second round. Like, he was, what, the 58th pick taken overall, 53rd pick taken overall, something like that. Well, I mean, that that's 53 people in the entire country, right? Like that that tried to go to the NFL. That's a pretty high that's a pretty high draft pick, right? So um I I, I told him before this process happened, do not get caught up in the first round, second round thing. The objective is to make the pros and right and be a part of that and you know really just continue your career. So coach I want to ask you this when you get the job last year at Florida and um you're doing your homework on the players that are there and Jervon Dexter, you get to him, you get to his tape, you get to who he is as a person. You, you find out, okay, this guy, he, he wasn't playing football really until, you know, a whole lot until he gets to, I think yep. his junior year in high school. Yep. How much did that rawness still stand out to you as you were coaching him and not necessarily in a bad way, but in, you know, in terms of sort of the untapped potential that's still there, um, and then uh, despite that, how much did he amaze you with his ability considering that here he is walking into the SEC playing right away uh, after not right. playing a whole lot uh, at the high school level? So so the first thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, I walk in the room or he walks in my office 
and I see this six foot six, almost 315 pound. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Got us one. You know, I was just so excited, so excited because I just left Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. So, you know, to see that guy walk in the room, I was like, okay, all right, I, it's good now. You know, I, I can see it. Then I watched his tape and we watched every one of his clips and we talked about him. And there was games like when he plays against Bama uh, the year before I got there. Man, this guy looks like man, the first, first, first top 10 pick, right? Like, and then we watched a couple other games and I'm like, okay, G, what were you thinking here? I think the point that you guys made about newness to football is huge, right? Because that, those things, the calluses that you develop throughout the, your career come from experience. And we don't have that experience, right? Then things don't come as easy to you. And I think that's where the Bears will be really excited about how his game will progress because now he has played a lot of plays. I remember now, guys, this guy had, I think, 55 tackles, right, last year. So his ability to make plays consistently is going to be better because he's going to be put in those situations, understanding blocking schemes, you know, understanding what they're trying to do, uh, first and second down tendencies, you know, um, studying the game that way. I just think he's going to play a lot faster. Coach, if you go back say the first time you saw him to I don't know, to now, and you're calling him Big G, I'm just I'm looking for like more comp names that like you're watching him, uh, and I like deep into like at first you thought he was this, and then you maybe thought he was that by the end. Did anything like that happen? Like where you had sort of a differing opinion over time? No, no, not at all. You know, um, obviously, uh, obviously I played him a lot, guys. Like so, so think about this. I would have preferred to rotate him much more, but we didn't have any depth, right? So, you, you know, this guy played almost the entire game. I mean, if we we're playing 75 plays, G was going to be in about 64 of those. So that's really not healthy for him. It's not healthy for the unit. But, you know, you didn't want to have him off the field when something was going wrong. I'm like, man, dang, why wasn't he on the field, right? So uh, I think, I think now that, that he's going into the NFL, I just think, you know, he's not, he's going to not expected to play 65 snaps in a game, right? He can, if you get that around 40, 45, you know, this not, now you're getting a hundred percent guy all the time. Sean, for you, what was Javon Dexter like in the weight room? You were talking about, you went through and watched all of his film. What's he like in the weight room and also the film room as just a student in the game, but also someone who's also physically imposing. What is he like in the, the weight room and, and the film room? I'll give you a guys a story, right? So we would play games sometimes at night and the game would end at 12 o'clock and uh, about 1.15 in the morning, I would get a text and he would ask if I watched the game yet. Um, what can he do to get better? Not, wow. not, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm about to watch this bed and watch some sleep, man. But uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> but so, and, and then in the springtime, the guy would sit in my office while I would like, you know, grade the film from practice. And he would watch it with me until about 10, 10, 30 at night. At one point I asked, are you, do you take class? Like, do you gotta go, you gotta go, man. Um, so he always, you know, he always was asking the questions of how he could get better. Some guys ask the questions of what did I do well? Uh, that's pretty evident, like they understand that. But when they ask the why of how they can get better, then you know you got something. So, um, you know, I think, People were impressed with him when he interviewed because he's able to speak the pro language. You know, obviously being around me, I, you know, I, the buzzwords and, you know, how to, how to how to answer questions and just, just the way we coach him up. I, I think 
you know, helped him in the interview process. I mean, this is a guy, man. I mean, you got a special one there. I'm just, I, I, I'm just telling you right now. I mean, you, you got a special one, and you know, I, I told every team that I spoke to, if I was in that chair, one of 32 in that chair again, that there's no way I would bypass this guy, especially in the second round. Wow. So, and I'm just kind of putting everything together. You're on the road recruiting right now. You're sitting in your car. You're you're, you're stopping driving. You're making time for us, which. Uh, coach, you don't know us at all, and and I guess maybe you have a little bit of a relationship with Nick, but you know you don't. You guys haven't like been having dinner, so you're taking time out to speak on this dude. I mean, you must, and you're calling him Big G, and you just said it right there. But there's got to be something about him that you really like that you'll you'll make this type of time uh, to just to underline what the Bears are getting, and let people know what that. Hey, let let's uh, let's be excited about what what he's gonna bring. Well, first of all, Nick, you owe me dinner, right? So that, I'm cool. I, I'm using <laughs> I got you, Coach. That, that, so, all right, I appreciate it, man. I recruit Chicago too. So um, <laughs> the, the the thing the thing about this guy is that you know he was on on to his uh, you know second D line coach in his career, right? And really, our relationship really like contemplated when I realized what type of human being he was, right? Like he was, a, he's a great father to his child. And that's all he wants to do is be a great father. You know, um, he respects his mom. You know, his, his dad passed away. And, and I asked him one time, I said, you say yes, sir, all the time. You don't have to say that to me. He goes, he goes, is my dad taught me respect. And if there's a if there's an older person I'm speaking to, I'm going to always refer to them as sir. I mean, this is like, I mean, this, it's like a movie made up, right? Like this guy is like, he got it all, you know? And then, and by the way, you put him in the phone booth with somebody, he coming out alive. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Love that. He's <laughs> awesome. No soft, no soft in Big G. I'm just telling you. I'll, I told I'll, him one time at practice, he got mad. I told him I was going to tranquilize him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach, I'm going to throw you a, a quick curveball here. Um, the Bears' first-round pick was Darnell Wright. You guys played Tennessee last year. Game planning – I know I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but when you're, when you're game okay. plan, planning for that one – what was that like knowing that – and I know that was a little bit earlier in the season probably before Darnell uh-huh. Wright had really you know, locked himself down as a true right tackle. But what can you remember from that matchup? Well, I, I remember he just it was a big, strong guy that really – really you had a hard time rushing because he took such great angles and he played with his hands. You know, when I would scheme guys up and look for, for flaws in their game, what I call the DNA, he didn't really have a whole bunch of them. I mean, great kick slide. And, and, and his timing and his punch to an outside rusher was, was pretty special. I mean, I, I thought this guy, and equally in the run game, right? Like, equally in the run game. I mean, he don't just cover people up. He's trying to maul them. And, you know, obviously that system is pretty fast. You know, um, it's like warped speed going on going on at all <laughs> times. But for, for, for that guy to, like, not, like, fade throughout the game was pretty impressive. Cause usually you could catch him, right? You, uh, he gonna get worn out. We gonna go get him now, man. This dude was, this dude was active and and he was really a problem. Coach, the Bears locker room is is full of, of great dudes, and we got to meet Jervon for the first time in person uh, over rookie minicamp, and it just it stood out that he was a friendly, respectful smiling, easygoing, and you're underlining the, the intense dude. Uh, so we just got to learn over here because we'd like to have him on set, like how to really get to know Jervon. What, what's the way to his heart so we can have him in studio here? Can you give us a little roadmap for that? 
Uh, first of all, the, the, to start off with his little son, Lil G. So we've already offered his son, by the way, guys, the class of 2040 <laughs> or whatever he is. We've offered his son already. But uh, he, you know, just you, you talk to him about uh, um, his, his son, his upbringing, very prideful and growing up in Polk County um, and knowing that he represents something bigger than himself. I mean, this guy, I, I mean, I just can't talk any, any more high on this guy, like just like, I'm, and, and you guys don't know me, but I keep it very real. And, and if, if I didn't feel this way about him, I would not talk with this this passion about this guy. Well, we appreciate it, Coach. And uh, I'll tell you what, you next time you're in Chicago recruiting, you let us know. We, we got you. Got you on dinner. You know, we'll get you. I, I don't know how we're going to do it, but absolutely. we got you. <laughs> We'll get, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get some good Chicago Steakhouse, maybe some Goose Island going. We'll, we'll give you the Chicago experience. Coach, thanks so much for pulling over, giving us some time today. Bears fans really excited about your guy, Javon Dexter, and, uh, and, and we'll see how it goes as he, as he enters the league as a rookie this year. All right, guys, thanks for having me. appreciate you. Thanks, Sean. There he is, Sean Spencer, Florida co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach. He's fun. Good job, Nick. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, great job, Nick. I love that guy, and I think everybody now believes in Jervon Dexter. I mean, I know I do. Yeah. That was a transformative moment I'm in, in my Jervon. You're in, right? Yeah. Everyone's in. Like, Now, come on. as some people in the comments are pointing out, I think Screw it's... Screw those comments. I think it's fair to, to bring that up. Yes, the position coach of the draft picks are always going to say great things about him. Um, but... but he, he could easily have said, no, I don't have the time to come on. Right. Like, like yeah, if he yeah, really sure. didn't like him, he that's what he would do. Yeah. 90, and, he's not going to come out and just lie. Right. And he pulled over, like, in Alabama. He's out recruiting. Like, he, he made the time to, to discuss his guy. Yeah, I mean, he messaged me last night. Like, hey, can we make tomorrow work? Wanting to come on the show to talk about his guy. So, and I, speaks volumes. And I'm not saying that the guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying that I don't think that that dude came on or just to blow smoke up CHGO's ass that this guy's good. I mean, I think but, he really believes himself. Also, I think it's important to listen to what he said. I mean, we came out hitting with the relevant question. Everyone, mm-hmm. wants, to, everyone wants to know right away. And we asked it a couple different ways to yep. follow up. You know, why was this guy so slow getting off the ball at Florida? What were you asking him to do schematically? And I can tell you many coaches that would have gotten defensive about that, how they used them, whatever. And it was no. He straight up said in there, we can pull the clip and post it later for you. He said he's going to be better in the Bears system Mm -hmm. than he was with us because it fits his athleticism better. That's okay. That got my attention because I'm like, all right. I mean, if if – the coach that put him in that scheme last year at Florida is saying that and admitting that that means something significant. And also the snaps, guys, right? He's He yeah. was playing so many snaps, and we know the Bears want to have a rotation of guys on the defensive line. They drafted three interior defensive linemen. So he's not going to be on the field as much, meaning that his motor is going to be constantly – it's going to be better than what it was probably at Florida because he had to be on the field. There wasn't enough depth there. So I, I think what, what Sean Spencer was saying where – his game will translate better to the pros. You can look at a lot of reasons why that that may be the case. Plus, if you didn't like him telling you the stories about this guy texting, what did you think of the film at one fifteen in the morning? Yeah, when Sean Spencer, the rest of the Florida coaches are trying to go to sleep, and Jervon's up trying to get a feedback on how he can get better. I mean, come on, that's that's that's. Uh, I love that behind the scenes look. So, sitting in the office asking all sorts of questions, wants to get better. 
It's like me and Kevin Kadek's office. I go after every show. I just I want to review the tape. Yeah. yeah we <laughs> As wish. Kevin Kadek like, his head over there. Even, I haven't even listened yet. He's like, well, what do you, you get out of my office? Carm, do something. Please. <laughs> oh, that, definitely a fun interview, though. And uh, we appreciate Sean Spencer. I, I like when guys also have some some experience at the NFL level, like having been through that side of it, too, as a coach. Um, they could kind of speak to. I mean, you heard him talk about the guys he was coaching with the Giants. Yeah. Huge <laughs> human beings. So he shows up in Jermont Dexter's, at least in his office, uh, that he can really relate to I, I i like that which is also a, a smart job by jervon right oh this dude's been in the nfl he probably knows something about what it takes to get to where i want to go let me hang out with him some mm-hmm. that's not a genius move but i like just basic logic in life works a lot of the times if you use it all right got plenty more coming up on the show today we justin do? fields mvp conversation oh, yeah. right i'm gonna yep yep that Ready. could get interesting Why'd you say we do? You have, by the way, you have about 300 words of notes in here that make no sense. They're basically gibberish. So I need you to translate them for us. It's your segment. Great. I I think everything I wrote down makes complete sense. And I was like, should I do the show a favor by putting my notes from these interviews into what we call notion? There's no comments or uh, there's no commas. There's no period. Why do you need a There's comma? no dashes. I, I don't know who's saying what. You should try and read his description before I edit them. <laughs> that is such BS. No. I am I am offended and I am and I am perplexed and I am irritated. Well, first of all, no, I I am giving you credit. There's a lot in here that intrigued me. There were words, there were phrases. <laughs> there, were intriguing there, words. there was intriguing phrases about like Roshan Johnson and and just all kinds of things. Okay, I see where you're going with these, Mark. I'm, I'm looking at these for Nick. the first. Okay, admittedly, I'm lo- looking at these for the first time right now. Yeah. I just need him to kind of bullet point <laughs> for us. And, that's what, and that's it. what it is. I, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm setting it up. The, okay. t- the tease is there. Okay, thank uh, you. But first, Fubo TV. <laughs> Give us a like, though. <laughs> we get, yeah, hit the like. Oh my God, there it is. <laughs> Friday show is legendary. That's pretty good. Friday show is legendary. Um. Please hit the like. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see the image, but maybe you saw it Friday of uh, Carm's neck had disappeared somehow and just way too many. (laughs) All you can eat scout seats, white socks, mac and cheese, M&M peanut. Uh... They, they give you the ice cream cone. Necks everywhere Ma- on Mike Hiler. and Ike's. It was a rough day. <laughs> you were there really for, rough day. You were there for four innings. Well, I went nuts. That's exactly right. And then, and then I took a three-minute nap because I went so nuts. <laughs> All right. Um, well, if you're watching that game on Fubo TV, maybe you saw Carm in the scout seats. Maybe you're watching the lottery tonight, NHL. Fubo TV, 140 plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. Watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. Seems like a great deal there. Start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. You just sign up, start watching. A thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. And you can watch your local teams while traveling. Got a ton coming up. PGA Championship, Carms French o- Open. Uh-huh. She actually... Uh-huh. Sponsors it's coming around. Gets Can't very wait. excited about uh, WNBA. Got the NHL draft on ESPN coming up. You got the lottery tonight. NHL NBA playoffs. The playoffs yesterday were fun, and of course the Cubs and White Sox on Marquee and NBC. 
I can finally start throwing the White Sox back in there because, speaking of fun, they actually had a fun day. Yeah. yeah. How did Michael Kopech not get four strikeouts? Would have had a six-leg parlay. He gave up four home runs. Yes. Should have bet, bet that. Uh, watch either the Cubs or the White Sox on marquee NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description in the YouTube video to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Check out Fubo TV, and then you got to check out Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair. We've worn here at CHGO durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. I have my Shady Rays packed, you guys, for when I go out to Hawaii in a couple of days. So I'll be Ugh. good, reliable sunglasses. How's bragging camp going? Yeah, so it's going great right so now. Annoying. I have my Shady Rays to uh, help me brag there. But what's awesome, too, if I lose or break my Shady Rays on, you know, in Hawaii, even on day one, they told us they'll send me a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is going to give out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code CHGO for 50% off two or more polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shades are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. I'm looking over my notes, and I would like to confer that they do make, uh, or confirm, thank you, that they make no sense. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. so, to someone other than me, I well, got Well, uh, Jesse here with the Super Chat, 199, saying, blame it on the cockies. Nah, can't do that. I was stone cold, sober on coffee, and... Uh, this, yeah, this was this morning. Going so quickly. Yeah, then. yeah. No, I, I, you know. Well, I think he's, he's referring to this. Oh, oh yeah. that too. I mean, <laughs> I the, the Thursday. I mean, we Scott only had seats. two, so I don't know, but <laughs> maybe. I think it was. It's, it's all in there. Ooh, it was a fun day. Hope we get to go again. Thank you, King, for the tickets. Thank you for the invite. I wish I could have made it. Yeah, Rich well, King. What King? Rich King. Not Rich King. Um, uh, King's gonna remain remain nameless. But LeBron King, James. It was not LeBron James. And by the way, it'd be really nice if the Warriors didn't have to play eight and f- eight on five. But I know that's not for this show. It's really irritating. Thank you very much, NBA. If LeBron James offered you courtside seats, uh huh, I take it to yes the Warriors Lakers game going next one. Yeah, would you say yes? Yes, of course. Okay, yeah, I what? just wanted to double check since oh, yeah. you hate that guy more than anyone. I in the world. don't stop. I'm just competitive. It's 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 a f- nice rivalry. I also appreciate again. Do we need to play eight on five? Can we actually have a regular game where the, where it's ref properly? I have another follow up question for you. Yeah, this one has to do with the Bears, sort of. Yeah. Do you now know who Luke Combs is since he was hanging out with Matt Eberflus on Saturday night Flus and some other there? Bears players? Yeah. You didn't see the photos? No, I missed you got a that. Got a bunch of players. Yeah. Luke Combs hanging out with the Flues, taking Abner, photos. Braxton Jones. He wore Erlacher jersey how, on stage. How PC would you like me to be right now? One to ten. One being zero PC. Seven one being eight. zero. Okay. I'll take the one. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is he Seven talking point. about? <laughs> zero. All right. I mean, I live in the South Loop. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And I was, was coming back from Wrigley Field with uh, the great Nick Wright and Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi, who clipped me out of the pictures from that outing, which no offense to me, apparently. But um, 
Okay. So I, wait, wait. <laughs> Filipponi posted a photo. Yeah. And cropped you out of it. I'm out of it. Because you're not at oh Parkins and Nick Wright's level. I didn't go to Syracuse with them. I was there on. I was there hanging. Oh, okay, out. it was a Syracuse. But photo. I got clipped out of the photo. Okay. Should I be annoyed by that? Probably not. But I'm just you know. Eh. Well, I was out there. Yeah. You know, why can't we be like, you know, and, and Carm? I'd like, like, I'd like to hear Parkins take on that. Yeah, no, we might have to get him on the show, you know, uh, but, and, but regardless, so I'm coming back down. I can't get home for the life of me. I, I had to make a U-turn on Lakeshore Drive because Roosevelt's closed off. I nearly died. I, there was like, the, I, I had to get home. So I had to go back north and I'm. And, and like the whole every single person is out here to go see this Luke Combs concert there's no parking I had to like do illegal things to park in the building because there's nothing on the street I don't know how these people all got parking passes but apparently they're all friends with the people in the neighborhood who gave them passes for the 1675 I, I, I despise that concert I de- <laughs> I despise. so what you're saying is you wish that concert yeah and like Eberflus was you know I couldn't park because of the flus apparently because uh. he was there too although I'm sure he had the premium parking so but I, I, I was so I, I was so unbelievable Unbelievably happy when everybody was gone. You, <laughs> you wish the concert was in Arlington Heights. Ooh, that's what yeah. you wish. <laughs> yes, because yeah. that's exactly right. I do because I, I, I. You cannot wait for the Bears to move. I'm and totally all these cons, Although they're probably still. I'm totally fine with a Sunday morning crowd coming down. I'm already parked. No problem. Also, oh, it's all about you. Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, like everybody else in this world. On, at Saturday's <laughs> practice, you guys, the whole vibe, Luke Combs. The entire time. Was the whole the, practice was Whole practice country. It was a weird vibe. Not could be completely honest, but they, they it, all went there. It was, it, to the, to the, yeah, boy, Boogie's point. I mean, it was, it had to have been sold out. It was unbelievable oh, it was how many people yeah. were coming down. Well, there. Greg you know, Rags was there. Rags went. Started to pack a Almost wrote at him, yeah. get out of my neighborhood. <laughs> Bragg's actually invited us just without tickets. Oh, how does that work? <laughs> just strange invite. You could be at the outside there. Well, he just wanted to let you know that he was going. <laughs> he knew that me and you were having dinner on on Friday night, rare, rare, rare dinner with Carmen Hogue, and he's he wanted to get in on the fun. So he's like, "Come on down to the concert." I was like, "Get out of my neighborhood! And don't come back! <laughs> get out of my neighborhood!" <laughs> you were mad at Braggs for baiting your neighborhood. Uh, all right, uh, would you like to translate your notes for us? Sure. At all? Sure. So, uh, you know, as I said, I was at the Cubs on Sunday, so I had Saturday rather. So I did not uh, watch the press conferences till this morning. So I did this morning. And so here we go. My Luke Getze takeaways, the Darnell Wright thing, not surprising at all. He underlined that he's big, long, athletic, that stands out to you. It's everything the Bears like. I thought when he said it, Nick, you were there. It almost felt like he was sort of regurgitating what they like versus like the true excitement that we got from Sean Spencer right there. I don't know. Uh, that's a huge nitpick by me, but that's what he said about Darnell Wright. Uh, DJ Moore with with Fields. He said there has to be a relationship between the two that they're in that phase, um, and that he, you know he underlined. I mean, DJ Moore. If you want to be super optimistic, mm-hmm. this dude. If they if these two connect. Like, really connect. And you look at his lot in life going through quarterback after quarterback in Carolina and system after system. And and DJ already being uh, a borderline, and people are going to push back on that. But, okay, let's just call him a true number one wide receiver. But he's never made a Pro Bowl. I mean, this dude with a quarterback that he actually has chemistry with, I don't know, Hall of Famer? Like, he hasn't had that. If he really got on the page and these two were like – Devontae Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Simpatico. Like, how high is up for this guy? Does that make sense? Devontae Adams. What I, did I say Jones? I'm out of my mind. Yes, Devontae <laughs> Adams. Thank you. We got it. We get it. We got it. But don't, you know what I'm saying? 
Does that not make sense? No, it does. And that's a yeah. big part of it, too. Like, being the relationship. Because Andrew Janoko also talked about that. It's phase two, which the Bears are in, and that's basically them throwing on routes on air, just kind of getting the chemistry down. And, like, that's the big thing that they need to work on this season. He has all these new weapons, all these new people. Now it's the chemistry, seeing how that develops. And if that is in, in sync early on in the season, like, this offense has some opportunities to do some good things on the field. I mean, if they if he breaks through, I think that's something to be super excited about. Also, I had the last note here, which makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Call about the man Bears are getting. He got a ton of calls when the Bears made the deal, Luke Getze did, about DJ Moore and how to be excited about it. Oh, okay. So I, that, which also happened, by the way, in uh, Richard Hightower's takeaways, that like he got a call, but ton of calls on Roshan Johnson. Mm-hmm. I like hearing those anecdotes. Coaches are excited about the dude that you're getting, and they reach out, and it's it's... I mean, that's obviously a good thing. Uh, called Roshan's. The makeup is cool. The different things he did. This is still Getsy? Yes. Okay. Um, that it gives the Bears flexibility. Uh, he proved in one practice that he can handle a lot. Um, and then he's talking about the running back room. The competition in that room is going to be real. By the way, speaking of, maybe I was, I didn't watch the press conference until this morning, but I think somehow I was with Luke Getze because I had a dream, I think Saturday night, that Khalil Herbert got no touches. Like I literally woke up at three in the morning, kind of in a sweat that Herbert hadn't, was not getting the football. And you're upset about it. I didn't like it. I oh thought no. it was, I was like bored. I was pissed. Oh no. I'm like, why, why, why do we got to diminish Khalil Herbert? Just because I like the Roshan love the Roshan is too much is, for you. Yeah, I, yep. <laughs> and I think that's a problem for me that I'm having <laughs> Khalil Herbert trips, but that happened. That is a true story. Um, that's amazing. It really kind of is right. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a dream about Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Or any Bears running yet. back. I don't I mean, think I've ever had a dream about a Bears player. And this I note, can't remember by this Bears. way, this note really doesn't make sense. One guy can't handle the pounding these days is what I wrote. <laughs> 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 Which, uh, <laughs> that's uncomfortable. But he was talking about how the fact that you're not just going to have one running back yes. who's going to take on yes. all the pounding. <laughs> Hashtag Charles Barkley. Um, which was a great clip, by the way. <laughs> NBA and TNT. Love it. Um Next note. Oh, so is also which also doesn't make sense. I wrote the stability of the group is important. He's talking about the offensive line. Uh, he likes the group, but you know they've got to come together here. And he referenced a conversation with Jay. He originally called him Joel Hilgenberg. So Luke Getzey is still learning his 1985 Chicago Bears. I'll but, allow it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but it's Jay Hilgenberg, the center on that team. And they had some conversation about, like, the continuity that they... What if he was actually talking to somebody named Joel Hilgenberg? That would be well, interesting, Jay, too. Jay's brother is Joel Hilgenberg. Good enough. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Give Lawrence a... Well, I, I knew I had heard that name. He, he, uh, <laughs> you he don't played buy for the... <laughs> what? Are you sure that Jay has a brother yeah. named Joel? Yeah, it's on he, his Wikipedia? He actually went to Wikipedia? Iowa, you two. Yeah. So maybe he actually was talking to Joel. So Hilgenberg. he could have been talking to Joel. The bottom line is that <laughs> he referenced that O-line and can you name it? Can you do it off the top of your head? Name the, what? The what Bears 85 O-line. Um, Jimbo. That's left tackle. Um, obviously Hilgi. Center. Um, Bortz. Bortz. Don't, no, that's the uh, one I would have gotten. Sorry. Don't help him out. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> KVH. Number KVH. 78. Number 78. 
Yes, Keith Van Horn. Okay, now yeah, we're helping out Hogue. Well, I don't know. You're What's the fifth one? Bad radio if you're just sitting there not saying anything. It's great YouTube. I love Hogue being frozen here. Uh, Once again, not alive for that game. Now, now embarrassing. Weirdly, who I'm saying Stefan Humphreys oh, in my head. Oh, somebody didn't know not, the answer to his start. own question. How's that even possible? <laughs> I should be fired right now. We need to get Kevin Kaduk <laughs> over a, here. Is yeah, that right? When uh, Stefan Humphreys came off the bench. Come here, Kevin. Bort's, hurry. Help. Bortz, Van, Hone, Van Horn, Hilgi, Covert. Who am I missing off that oh, offensive line? Uh, right here. Tom, Tom Thayer. Thayer. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. No offense, 57. Greatly apologize. He's, has he been working in this town for a while now? Does he do something on the radio broadcast? There he does. Never heard of him. <laughs> that is why we shouldn't do the show live. Really, we need Lord, to start taping the show? We should do the show live. That's Please delete that from the podcast. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, it didn't happen. I was no, coming up with Monday. Stephon Humphreys. I just, you know, I like... Yeah, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Stop, Stop with the 85 Kevin Kanda, can you yeah, name the backfield? I think it was, was it, uh, it was Walter and what? No, was it? Uh, uh, Matt Suey. I understand that. I'm trying <laughs> what are you to trying to say? The, the backup running back. Gentry? Not, not Pinky, no. Um, Who cares? There was, there was Whatever. What are we talking about? Any rate, back to, back to, uh, back to Getsy. This is fun. Oh, I'm going to set a timer. You get two and a half more minutes to get through your notes. Okay. Two and a half. I'll do it. Robert Tunyon. Get a timer for two and a half minutes. Robert Tunyon. I thought this was soup. Don't, we don't, Pepe, we don't need Suey. 26. I could tell you every story about him, that him and Walter were great friends. We can have a t- conversation uh-huh. offline. Okay. Robert Tunyon calls him Bobby. Two Talked minutes, about how he was a practice squad originally. Now. Easy, Siri. Uh, he says he transformed himself, Robert Tunney, into a workaholic tough guy. He thinks that's contagious. And I thought it was very interesting that he underlined that Bobby could be a good influence on Cole Komet. And that made me think, no, I'm not going to make my time. But Komet <laughs> was the guy who led Fields into the yoga room this year. And Komet's kind of been a pseudo-offensive leader. So... And let's remember that Cole Komet is a young player. So I think somebody coming in there to have a little bit of influence on Cole to get him to the next level, I love that little end. Well, I think, I think Tunyon's a major upgrade at their number two tight end spot. Oh, sure. And actually, uh, I heard this on the Athletics Football Show driving down here today. Uh, Robert Mays brought up where Cole Komet ranked in like EPA points. per play, expected points added per play. And he was, ac- I, was either... Bef- he was next to Robert Tunyon. I'm not sure who was ahead and who was behind, but they were like basically equal. Hey, two of those guys. I, that's going to be yeah. an addition to the offense it, for sure. It, it, that whole little part of it, of his press conference got me super excited. And then, of course, the fields part that he's light years ahead is, and then also where he was last year at this time, ton more to grow going forward. Oh, I thought also one other than a one third of the yards he ran for last year. He he obviously he's ballparking, but we're on pass plays, so he's obviously anticipating that with the improved offensive line and everything else improved that that number is going to go way up uh, quickly. The Richard Hightower takeaways text messages on Roquan from everyone. Apparently they had a pop quiz Roshan. that, that Roshan nailed um, called him as violent as they come. This is for you, Hogue called him a linebacker. This is Richard Hightower talking about Roshan Johnson. And then he loves the anecdote of him sitting there picking up the water bottles after a meeting where all these dudes just leave water bottles around and he goes and picks them up. I don't know anybody around here that would do that. Oh, no. We got a lot of people that leave crap everywhere in this office, and it's very annoying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like who? All of you. Everyone, there's the just Roshan cups Johnson here. It's but water Who bottles, takes out everything. the trash the most around here? Jake Flanagan. 
Oh my God! What what host takes out the crash? Oh, Mark Carmen. Thank you very it. much. <laughs> Thank you. God, I had to work for that one. <laughs> like things how. But I like shout things. out to Rojo. That's awesome. Yeah. In, in all mm-hmm. seriousness, though, that's why you know yeah. when we talked about him, and I know I'm taking part of your time now. Up timer just went off. You lost. Um, <laughs> oh no. Uh, he, he, I put in the scout report. He's already a professional. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think he showed that at rookie midi camp already. Just yep. whether it's acing the pop quiz that they had after one day. Picking up everything they installed in one day, literally picking up water bottles that are, that are laying around, like just have some respect, right? He's a good for person. The, yeah, you know, and and I I love it. Adult, he's, adult, he's adult. He's an adult. He's, yeah, he's a twenty-two-year-old adult. Took me to forty-six to get to be half an adult. Congratulations, Roshan. I just like to point out though that. Okay, you said half an adult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so so Alan Williams called Jervon Dexter a linebacker. With his hand in the ground. And then Richard yes. Hightower called Roshan Johnson a linebacker. We got a lot of linebackers. A lot of linebackers. Well, he is a linebacker on the field. Well, and I asked I him, we went over this Friday show, just what's your favorite part about special teams? And he said, kickoff. Well, on that level, he, he says he's got a lot of versatility. He can be an up back. He can block on the front line. And then he's going to help him cover kicks as well. Does it all. Where would you use him, Coach Special Teams Hogue? I mean, everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> uh, right now, DeAndre Houston Carson is not uh, on the roster. I mean, not no signed. One. Yeah. And if that's the case, then they need another personal protector. To me, that makes a lot of sense to put him there on punt. Um, Especially his running back background, pass block protection. Like, it's a very similar skill absolutely. set. Yep. Um, that's just off the top of my head. I don't necessarily know. I haven't looked at his special teams film. I don't know where they played him. Um, but he likes that, to tackle, though. He doesn't get that opportunity on offense. Yeah, so I, I mean, I would definitely have him out there on punt. I think that that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I mean, look, he's, he can play on all of them, without a doubt. Okay. Like the Roshan. I mean, it's exciting. Like, the special teams feels like Richard's got a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he. he Nick, you did not get a great question from Richard Hightower. He gave great questions to uh, Herb Howard and Courtney Cronin. I was disappointed in that, Nick. Next time you're getting a great question, damn it. Um, was he upset I wasn't there? He, I don't know if he was upset. He was just very happy that, you know, whoever was there. <laughs> uh, and then he referenced uh, a moment with Tyler Scott and, and Trey Tucker, who both you know, were teammates at Cincinnati. Um, and that they would race each other to get uh, the quickest to the ball. Uh, Tucker, of course, was a third-round pick by the Raiders, if people aren't following that, and then and then Tyler goes fourth round to the Bears. Um, but he said, quote, for an offensive player, he does not look like a guy who was afraid to tackle. So a lot. So the whole draft is just filled with special teams guy. He underlined Noah Sewell. Yep. He, he says he's going to be a great fit along with Dylan Cole. The Bears special teams looks like they might – I mean, it could be – a significant Good weapon. Um, uh, and then, you know, and then it's all, they got all this competition. He said, the only thing that happens when you get competition, the leaders start standing out. And then he, and I don't know, Hogue, do you make the depth chart at Carmel? Uh, for special teams, yeah. Well, Hightower doesn't make it for the Bears. He says, quote, I don't make the depth chart, you do. You ever tell that to your oh, guys? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I see what you're <laughs> I, That was good, though. I like that. I like good, hearing good that catch. from Hightower. Yeah. Like, it's all uh, on you. I mean, there. there's definitely truth to that. Mm-hmm. No. How you play. There's some truth to it. And There's a lot of truth to that. As somebody who as got coaches, we make the depth chart based off of what the players do. As seventh graders who nailed every shot at Edgewood Trouts and got cut, you make the team, not me, because I did. Bartoli. Now you can go along. Wow. 
that's my trigger on that one. Something just came out of car. Yeah, there. that was dark. I'm still. <laughs> it was. It's super dark. I think we just had a break, <laughs> like a, a breakthrough, a therapy breakthrough right there. That's why we do these shows live right here. You know, we can point. we can we can do that on my own personal <laughs> podcast on the street later today and. Just, Hopefully it's not really. I don't think people Carm are gonna, on the streets. I don't think people are going to really want to know about it, the fact that I wasn't in the same programs as these other kids, and maybe I didn't look quite like the other kids, and I got dismissed, and it still bothers me to this day, and I need to grow myself up. We can do that on my own podcast. Stop staring at me. It's very, <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> it's very upsetting. <laughs> the image on the bottom of the screen is still screwing with me. Hey, CHO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's <laughs> Beer <laughs> Since 1988, three years after it's out there, was the Super Bowl champion with Chicago Bears. 85. Goose Island IPA, six-time medal winner, Great American Beer Fest, always in style with citrus aroma, bold hop finish. They got the tropical beer hug, dry hopped Imperial IPA with 9.9% alcohol. That is dangerously easy to drink. Of course, the classic 312 wheat ale. They got the full pocket pills. And um, No Plants Pale Ale right now is my favorite. Got it. Is that back? I, I, thought, th- I thought that was like a only a f- limited release thing. I thought that was off the market. Still his favorite, even if it's limited. I mean, release. it's still in my fridge. So oh, Okay, there you go. And I've, been, <laughs> and I've been drinking a lot of it, so I feel like it's still available. But if not... Look for it next time it's available. Grab ultra-fresh <laughs> brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne <laughs> Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Well, one thing that we definitely know that is available right now is the Combat Energy Efficiency Program, which is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills. Now, Nick, and into the future, buddy. Yeah, Carm. Combat offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes, Mark. Nick, I do need you to tell me how that works, sir. Absolutely, I got you here. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. And if you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, Go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Did you really just say comed.com slash poweringbiz? I sure did, Carm, so go schedule it today. That's what I'm talking about. Hogue, go. I like a couple couple people in the comments are saying that you look like David Stern in that photo. David Stern? (laughs) (laughs) Is that anti-Semitic? What's going on? Is that (laughs) anti-Semitic? What do you mean I look like David Stern? It's the, it's the one where he's like well, choking on hair, water. Right? Right? Like the short hair. And, and he's yeah, choking the, in the, the water. The short like... neck. Yeah. I actually do see it now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> <that's> there. A... <laughs> it's there. <laughs> well, I wish I was David Stern and yeah. not me. So that would be a great. I'd do some things differently. Uh, Dylan's asking if there's an after dark tonight. Uh, it is going to be Wednesday this week. We got a new after dark schedule. Do you want to talk about that? 
Uh, not specifically because because okay. um, <laughs> no. Wednesday is turning into a potential. It's going to be an early after dark on Wednesday. We're going to go a little bit earlier to on Wednesday. Okay, so we'll keep you posted on that. But the but answer, yes, to, yeah. but there no, will there will not be an after dark tonight. Is the answer? Uh, uh, we are doing for the next uh, couple of months because uh, the CHGO softball team is. Uh, being run by me, um, with, <laughs> G- with with GM Kevin Kadek above above me, we will be doing a, some Wednesday night after darks in this slightly a different time of year. So, but uh, we'll we'll obviously be promoting it when we're, when it's going to be on. But Wednesday nights is going to be the night. Oh, Bears Nick. on Kauai yeah. wants to know Nick nine ninety nine. Where are you going? What island? He says, my first time on Maui will be in October. Uh, don't miss Oahu Malasada from Leonard's Hawaii Willie's Hot Chicken ooh, in Kauai. Ooh. He says he'll grab you a beer at Kauai Beer Company, which I can vouch for as well. Uh, I should have worn my Kauai Beer Company hat. I'll wear it tomorrow for you. Okay, cool. I'm going to Kauai. So we need, uh, Bears on Kauai, DM me. Uh, on Twitter, well, give me some recommendations. We'll awesome. be good to go. So Thanks. go there on Wednesday. Thanks, Bears on Kauai. Yep, I got it. Um, yeah, there's a pizza place I got to give you too. Oh, for sure. Give me everything. Which is really, uh, it's really close to where the Marriott is. And that one beach. People don't even know it's there. The route to get to. Oh yeah, Honolulu Bay, the most my favorite place in the entire world. That's on the north end. You got to go. Um, and then uh, Dolphin for sushi. Ooh, just remember yeah. that one. Uh, the Bulls Eye Insight here has a great comment. 802 people, only 50 like. Come on now. It's Monday. I mean, Let's it, start the week I, off right. Get those likes up. His, Let's his go. YouTube is a little behind there. We've got 159 likes, but. Let's go. That's not 800. So no, let's no. Uh, let's get that up, people. Come it's on. not 800. Thank you. Um, also, one more shout out for Fubo TV with everything going on with the playoffs, NHL, and NBA. Uh, baseball, you got Cubs, you got the White Sox, so much to watch. Of course, French Open, PGA Championship. You should be using Fubo TV. If you're using something else, what are you doing? 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device. You can watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. And you can start watching immediately. You get a seven day free trial, so you can try it out for a little bit. There's no contract, no cable, there's absolutely no hassle. You just sign up and start watching in moments and, uh, and, Try it all out. Watch the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago. Watch the Cubs on Marquee with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right, got about 10 minutes left in the show. Got a lot to, to fire through here as well. Um, do you want to go with the Justin Fields MVP conversation or what some of the nuggets Peter King had? I think we start with the Fields MVP because that is tall. But I don't want to go first. So, so Dan Orlovsky on Get Up this morning said something he also said last year, which is Justin Fields is going to be in the MVP conversation. I think it's important to note conversation. Okay. The four weeks in November. Like, if, yeah. I mean, how he was playing. Well, if we're going to spend a whole offseason and even half of last season talking about how he needs to make the jump that Jalen Hurts did, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts nearly won the MVP. Mm-hmm. It's not as outlandish as Carm's side eye just gave me. He's comparing him to Josh Allen. Yes. Josh Allen was Okay. Josh Allen, just 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 let, let's just let's just do what Josh Allen did. All right. Josh Allen, his second year, uh was two hundred and seventy one for four sixty one. He had a completion percentage of fifty nine. 
He threw for 3,000 yards, 6.7 per catch, 20 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. All right? He went from there, he went to 37 touchdowns, one more interception, only 10. His completion percentage jumped 11 points. He went and he threw for 1,500 more yards, 45-44, and he threw the ball 111 more times. That is a huge. That is a yeah, huge. But you didn't listen to what Dan Orlovsky said. I didn't. He said that Justin Fields needs to be what Josh Allen was in the final eleven weeks of year two, which was the first numbers you rattled off there. All right. He did not say that Justin Fields needs to be year three. Josh Allen, which I would great. actually argue the opposite. If Justin Fields is going to live up to expectations in Chicago. His trajectory actually does need to be Josh, Josh Allen. It needs to be the guy that actually took to year three before he exploded. Um, and same thing with Jalen Hurts. And now we have a couple recent comps for that. You add DJ Moore. You add these weapons that we've talked about. You, you, I think everybody agrees the, the cast around him is better. And as we talked about last week when we asked the question, does Justin Fields have enough? He has enough to do it. Now it's up to him to do it. Does he, does he have to, you know... Does he have to be in the MVP conversation? No, that's not what we're saying. We're responding to what Dan Orlovsky said. I think that they're October, early November, when that conversation starts, it would not shock me at all if Justin Fields is in there. Well, I think two guys, it's not just Justin Fields, but I think the expectation for this passing offense is it will be better. I asked Janoko that, that specific question. What are your expectations given you have all these new wide receivers, you have more offensive linemen, you and Getzi are here in your second season with Justin Fields. And he said, we've got to take a step forward. That has to be a strong point in our game. This has to be a strong point to help this team win games. And they're taking the building blocks this summer to make that a focal point of the offense. So it's not just like, obviously Fields needs to do a big part of this, but I think the offense has these expectations that this part of the offense should be taking a leap. That has the players in place to help Justin Fields maybe be in that MVP conversation, even if it's just for a couple of weeks. I, I mean, that would be ideal because there are no more excuses, I think, for, for Justin Fields this season. He has everything he needs to take another step this season. I, let me be clear here. I think that – I just don't want to put too much on Fields. The dude threw for 2,200 yards last year. 2,200. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 800 less than 3,000, and this guy made a leap to 4,500. I understand that we're not. it's not just year three for Josh Allen. But, and also, it, MVP. He's not throwing for 4,000. No one's saying that. Uh, well, it's, some, it's, some, some people. I don't know how that got demand, into the I think a lot of it's fans a different, like that. It's a too. different offense. 4,000 number. The Bears are going to run the ball, and Justin Fields is going to run the ball more than, than Josh Allen. I, I, I'd rather put a number on all-purpose yards if we're going to do something like that. Okay. It's so, not fair. It's not the same offense. It's not the same. But the, you it, also have to to win. me, this, gets, this needs to be dumbed down more. It drives me crazy. Please this is where, this like, is where I have Dan Orlovsky's back 100%. Throw out the freaking numbers. For a month, he was clearly the best player on the field in four straight games on either team. And they played the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Lions. They weren't mm-hmm. playing dog shit teams. They weren't playing, you know, the Chiefs and the Eagles Upper either, but they were yeah. playing some pretty damn good teams. And he was the best player on the field, whatever the numbers said. And they were scoring 30 points per game. It happened. 
Right, but they and did. He's got so much more help now. Uh, okay, I love, I love, I love what you just did. We're gonna clip it. I, I found it to be very, very adorable. You know what? You know what you need to do to be the MVP. Your team needs to do. Yes, you, you need win. to win games. Yes. How yes. many games are the Bears gonna win next year? More than what they did last. Right, last I agree. Year. Okay. No one said he's going to be the MVP in the conversation. Didn't he get a vote last year or some weird thing? I think thing? he got one, didn't he? Okay. Would, or... you be more su- <laughs> would you be more surprised if the Bears started 1-5 and five or 5-1? Five and one? I don't ask me on Thursday night when we have the schedule. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Okay. One and five. I don't. Um. Actually, I'd be more surprised if they one started one, one and five. Yeah. Because three years ago they went five and one to start the year and they were awful. They did. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Listen, I I think the Bears most likely and I think it's totally fine are going to start slow. The chemistry is going to build over the year and by the end of the year, hopefully they're playing really good football and we could be super excited about what's coming the next year as the chemistry builds plus the draft picks and we can really start pointing to the Bears as a legitimate playoff team by the end of the season. I think that's the, fair. The, but if the Bears if the Bears finish the season eight and two like the Lions did last year, uh-huh. okay, and to to your point, how they're better in the second half than the first half, which I think is a completely rational. That makes sense. Uh, expectation. Yep. If they finish eight and two, and during that stretch, Justin Fields, the best player on the field, don't and you think that gets him in the conversation? Which is all anyone's not saying if, here. Okay. All right. Listen, maybe I'm elevating in the conversation to mean like the, that he would finish like in the top 10 voting of MVP. If that happens, I will be ecstatic beyond belief obviously but i will also be surprised it's a it's if you're we are, we are putting we are putting the car before the horse just a little bit here too much the offensive line listen to what they're saying like getsy's talking about the chemistry has to happen that's not yep. gonna happen overnight it's not gonna happen in training camp they're gonna have to get on the field in the the heart of football in the heat of football battle and figure some stuff out uh, I just see i look and i think this is actually a decent point to bring up peter king's power rankings now because I don't think it's anyone's fault, but I think there's sometimes a disconnect between like those that are strictly looking at too much at the numbers, not watching enough of the football. Like sometimes it's right in front of you. Just watch the games. I'm not even talking about diving into the tape. Just watch the games. Understand the context of what players are dealing with and playing through. But on one end of the spectrum, you have Dan Orlovsky saying MVP conversation. And on the other, you have... Uh, Peter King putting the Bears 31st out of 32 teams in his power rankings. Um, 29. 29. I'm off on all these. Give him credit. Can I read a different one? Maybe. Maybe. 29. 29. Regardless. 29. Not very high. Bears have fixed a lot of things in one offseason without question. It could be anywhere on this list from 31. That's why I thought it was 31. 31 to 13 by December. Which okay. I would say is actually fair. Anywhere, you know, from the... I don't think they're going to... I really don't think they're going to finish, like, top five or bottom five again. But 13 would put them, like, right on the border sneaking into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It would be in the playoffs, just barely, Nuts. right? Nuts. And, I, and I think we'd all say, like, that's probably a decent ceiling, you know, as we look at this thing in early May. But today, I need to see more of Justin Fields, the passer, to fall in like with this team. Which I actually thought was a great way of writing that. I appreciated that. Um, but, again, I don't think that's giving Justin enough credit for what he did in the middle of the year when he literally just elevated the entire team and kept them relevant in a stretch where 
they they went one and three, but <laughs> you, they had nothing there. Equinemius right. St. Brown was your number one wide receiver during those games. So it was freaking right. Dante Pettis. Like those guys are now your bottom end of the wide receiver group. Like this, it should be different. You have so much more talent this season. And Cairo Santos missed an extra point. They could have won one of those games too. True. All that, all that's true. Uh, they led the league in scoring. I, right, Their right. But, but, but up you also, all the you, but you also do remember how the year ended. They, 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 they absolutely switched how they were playing, which teams had to adjust. Sometimes to. I wonder if the how much the narrative of the offseason would be different. And I'm talking about specifically with Justin Fields. If he had just like thrown for 250 and a couple touchdowns against the Lions instead of he, he looked bad. He was the, he was bad Detroit in that game. game. Was bad he was bad everybody. in Detroit. He he it he, was bad for everybody. And I just wonder if like it hadn't ended on that sour note if it's just a completely different conversation. Well, the, but the conversation, I mean, there's a lot of super positive conversation going on around Fields right now, which is great and realistic. My point but is that I don't make, do, 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 okay. my my point is that I think the people that understand the full context and watch what he was physically doing, especially in the middle of the season, and are not losing sight of that, are the ones talking about, you know, the jump that everyone believes he can take, and then those that are just kind of like zooming out on the ear and being like, you know what, these numbers aren't that impressive. And he ranked like 31st out of the 32 passers in this category and whatever. Like, they're just they're, eh, fine if, if that's how you want to look at it. Uh, Joey here, super, super chat. Carm, this is simple. If he got one vote on the worst team in the league, theoretically this team should be much better. Six to eight wins. There you he go. should be able to be considered in the conversation for MVP. Okay. I agree. If we're going to go okay. one vote. And he plays well, in the, and and you think that say say they get to eight wins. I mean, I think the Bears can. We got to look at the schedule and all that stuff. But I, like right now, I I I don't. I think they're going to be winning seven games, eight games. Like I would put it seven to ten. Um, if things come together after that Jervon Dexter interview, maybe we can get on the ten side. I don't go. know. Double digits. You you have to. You, we got to be realistic here on some level, right? Of course, yeah. Who's getting to the quarterback? How's that going to happen? How long does that relationship take to get the offense rolling? Like, there's there's a lot of variables here. Yeah. All right, last thing we got to get to before we get out of here is this Germany stuff. Um, <laughs> hey. Look, this is why... So, Peter King also had in here that the, the Chiefs... Are afraid of the Bears. No, that's not what it says. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> It, does it say the That's Chiefs right. suck? Does it, is that on there? So in here it says the, the Kansas City is playing a November game in Frankfurt this year. That's a fact. The German newspaper Bill reported Casey would play Chicago in the Germany game and that Casey would play again in Germany in 2024 when Carolina is due to host a game there. Um, I've been told that there's been some doubt on both of those reports, King writes. Can you actually uh, move that window down just a little bit there, Lawrence? Thank you. Um, first, when a team gives up one of its home games to play overseas, it has the option of requesting to the le league one home game on a schedule the team does not want moved. I'm told Kansas City requested that the Chicago game will not uh, requested that the Chicago game not be played overseas. In 2024, it's hard to imagine Carolina would not try to keep Patrick Mahomes' only currently scheduled game in Charlotte for the next eight years at Bank of America Stadium. This is why I, f 
I've, I don't have inside information on this, but I have not been able to get any either way. My understanding here is there's a lot of people in the league that would like that to be the game. Bears, Chiefs, Germany. But for many reasons that have never made sense to me from the very beginning on this, I don't see, I, it doesn't make sense that the Bears would be the team that you, have. first of all, you have the new marketing agreements, which the Bears have in Spain. UK and Spain. So why would they use one of their overseas games that they're only going to have like one or max two every five, six years, right? Why would that be played in Germany? That doesn't make sense to me. On the other end, you have these games where a team only comes and visits your home stadium every eight years. I don't know if you noticed, the Bears fans travel well. Mm-hmm. And cities, not just teams, like when the Bears come to their city because they bring a lot of revenue with them. They travel well. There are tourism dollars involved in this. If you're... But that doesn't make any sense. If I, I don't mean to cut you off, but like the, the Chiefs aren't going to not sell out. Well, I know that. That's why I'm talking about more about travel. Their tickets are going to be sold either way, absolutely. But there's a difference between fans traveling into your city and more of those tickets going to people that already live there. Right, but do the Chiefs care if there's a bunch of Bears fans at Arthur Gates Barbecue? Um, I, I mean, think why that would they there's... Care? <laughs> <laughs> it's not their money. So are you calling yeah. Peter King a liar? No. Obviously, there's a reason why the Chiefs yeah. want the Bears to come to Kansas City. Yeah. What are those reasons? The reason is is the Chiefs suck, and they're afraid <laughs> that they're going to be that there's going to be a ton of Bears the fans, MVP Justin and Fields and, and it's going to be all Bears in Germany, and there's going to be seven Chiefs fans sitting there because the Bears have better fans than Chiefs fans. And I'm telling to Kansas City, quit being quit worrying about Bears fans dominating you, and and just man up and play the game in Germany. Because City has a they're in Germany. There's plenty of Chiefs fans that are going to well, be there. I literally the okay. You can't tell me that it's more logical that, they're, that they they're they're out there for KC tourism over the fact that they they're worried they're going to lose a home game because of Bears fans. That makes more sense. They are afraid of Bears fans. They are afraid of Juan and Yabugi and Leondis and Daniel and Kurt and everybody else in the chat who hates me slash loves me. They're afraid of these people. Because they know they'll travel. We are better Bears fans, greater fans than Chiefs fans. They know it, and they're trying to avoid us. Well, I do agree that regardless, uh, the Bears are going to have a ton of fans wherever they play overseas. I mean, put them in mm-hmm. Australia. Oh, that'd be awesome. The Bears fans. Are- <laughs> I, I mean, they can't. Seriously, they're, they're, they can't be worried about getting more people uh, this- to, to Arthur Bryant's or to the Negro League Baseball Museum that some people have trouble saying that word. That was unbelievable over the weekend. Um, anyway, I don't get it. Just man up and play the game. Play the Bears. We were planning on going. This sucks. Let's go. Bears. Okay, geez, again, it's just about card wads. He That's right. To to I just <laughs> want to, okay. <laughs> this whole time I've been for months trying to logically look at this. and It never has made sense to me why that. But obviously it's in play. I mean, I'm not denying that there's... It's obviously part of the conversation that they're having behind the scenes. And there's, as, as you're seeing here from Peter King just reporting last night into this morning, this still seems to be in flux. But I've had no point had anyone with the Bears tell me, yeah, this is happening. Um, and I think that this is why. I think... Now, what I really want to know... I, by, by the way, I completely believe his report. I, I think the game's off. Like, I'm, I'm that far I think it's Bears and Lions, honestly. Facing the Chiefs. I think it's going to be Chiefs and Lions. It's going to be one of those two. I don't know, be Chiefs Lions. Lions make a lot. Lions make more sense to me. Or the Dolphins. <laughs> Again, the Dolphins have Dolphins. Spain. So I don't know. 
guess we'll see later this week, possibly. And yeah. by the way, we're walking into Arrowhead and beating your ass. That would be amazing. Over overrated. Arrowhead overrated, Kevin. Field just spun in his chair and looked at me like, there's no way the Bears are going down to Kansas City. Why can't I be the meatball and say we're going to win for once? We're going down to KC and beating their ass. The Bears won the last time they played there. When was that? Jay Cutler. Eight years ago. Matt Forte. Jay Cutler. Uh, Mark 10-3 game. Was that at Soldier Field? Oh, that was awful. Tyler Palco yeah. versus uh, Kyle Orton actually started that game. I think played one snap and got his hand hurt. Tyler Palco came in. It was the worst game I've ever covered, and it was the, the morning after the one of the best games I ever covered, which was the first ever Big Ten championship game between Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins. That wow. was like Throwback. in the forties. That was a fun ass game. Was Lawrence a, was probably there. Yeah, that's great. Uh, lived up to the game. Oh, and then the next morning, <laughs> waking up at like five a.m. to drive back to Chicago to cover Chiefs Bears awfulness. That's good effort by you. The only touchdown score of that game, hail mary, right before halftime. Yeah, right. Oh, that's right. Okay, who now I remember it? this game. Yeah, uh, forgetting who caught it, but I feel like Erlacher mistimed his jump or something and. Could have knocked it down or didn't. That's right. Uh, that's just, right. I hate that game. And that was the only touchdown in the game. Braggs knows. Yeah, he does. Whatever, Braggs. Braggs. Um, all right. Uh, oh, congrats to Justin Fields for graduating. Let's, let's go. That's awesome. Justin. You know, questionable uh, university, but nonetheless, yep. congrats. The Ohio State University. I mean, seriously, how likable is the dude? Kevin Warren's even there. Like, Kevin Warren. Let's go celebrate. My guy. QB. One, let's go. He probably just had a meeting with James. He told me James when Smith. he was walk. Uh, he told me when he was walking out of practice on Friday that he was going. I just didn't want to tell anybody because he said to keep it oh, low. Yeah, he he got. There's no chance he told you that. He did uh, give you a hand. Shook my hand, patted me on the ass, and said he was going to Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Warren, everybody, president, CEO. That's why he gave me that look. Fun Monday show. Thanks to Sean Spencer for jumping on with us today. And um, that feels like three shows ago <laughs> at this point. <laughs> we had a lot to get to on this Monday. Uh, thanks to Karn for translating his notes for us. You're welcome. Nick yeah. has one more show with us tomorrow before he flies off to wonderful Hawaii. Do you have a direct flight, by the way? No, we're going to Los Angeles then. You're going to Hawaii? Yeah. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> I just knew you were going on vacation. I didn't know you were going to Hawaii. Is this a special trip? It's just a... Karn, like a, what? Special, I, we just did a segment on this. No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mark, Bears on Kauai gave us a super chat. <laughs> I love you, Mark. <laughs> you have CTE? I have a lot of things going on. Bears on Kauai. I somehow just didn't put that together. And it's been a long show. Congratulations. I'm looking forward to hearing what happens on the trip. Ooh. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> it's a big trip. I thought you were going to say you're looking forward to the, <laughs> to the neurologist appointment. To, to what happened on the show when you go back and listen to it on your way home since you clearly didn't listen the first time around. There was a lot going on here. I was here for the most part. I was here for the most part. That should be your, like, Twitter bio. <laughs> I was here for the most part. Oh, I like All right. Well, we're back tomorrow. Hopefully, Karim joins us noon. Um, and, you know. <laughs> the damn image. Uh, coming your way. We'll talk to you tomorrow. My goodness.